Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello and welcome to your latest edition of Spin the Rally Pod. I'm Lisa O'Sullivan, your humble rally fan, and we have Deputy Editor of Dirtfish.com, Mr. Luke Barry with us today. Very tired after a long drive. Hello, Luke. Hello, Lisa. How are you? I'm not bad at all. Not bad at all. I have to say, though, even further away is the voice of Rally himself. We've sent him to Lebanon. Morning, Colin. Well, he's not going to say good morning, but morning, Colin. And we've got uh, in the far wilds of Scotland, our former motorsport team boss, Mr. George Donaldson. Morning, George. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Luke and Colin somewhere. Yeah, he's there somewhere. I I know he's there and will be joining us in a second. But we're going to have a very different start to our podcast today because I'd like to begin by paying tribute to a friend of ours, Mark Wilford, who died far too young just a few days ago. And it's so awful to be forced to say goodbye to somebody just at the wrong time, far, far too long, far too soon. And already so much has been posted online about the truly wonderful Wilf, WRCPR, um, stalwart of the Ford press team for years. David Evans has written a, a great article on dirtfish.com. We'll tell you everything you need to know about Wilf, who was just a superior human being, highly respected, professional, who somehow seemed to be a friend to all and really earned the title of nicest bloke in the service park. He set the level on how to do things properly. As a journalist, as a PR, he was just good at his job and also very, very good in difficult circumstances, which is just something we can all aspire to. Well, Colin, what can you say about a man who was just so universally well regarded by everybody in our sport? You know what? It was at least it completely floored me last week. It it really did. You know, we'd heard a few weeks ago that that Mark, that Wilfie, Wilf wasn't well. but you know, I mean, I've 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 been through what Wilf was was struggling with, and we we put our faith in the doctors, and we assume that everyone's fingers crossed going to make it through, and and you know, and we were all willing Wilf on, and and the news when it came was just so shocking because, as you rightly say, he was just he was such a lovely guy. He was he was a part of the service park. I've been around the service park since two thousand and two, and Wilf Wilf precedes me in the service park. He's always been there, um, but he, he's he's one of those guys that. You know when you meet certain people in life, um, they just you you just they make you relax. Mm. You can talk to them, you click with them, you 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 laugh easily with them. And and Wilf was one of those guys, on a personal level, on a professional level. My goodness me, he really did set the standard. He uh, was the number one rallying PR. I I, I have a thing 
of telling the PRs around the service park that they're number two. And, and genuinely, they were always ever going to be number two. And I would tell them this because Mark Wilford was the number one PR. I, I don't read these uh, press releases. I really don't. But the only press releases I ever read were Mark's because he never made mistakes. And it annoyed me. It annoyed me that there wasn't <laughs> a single grammatical mistake. There wasn't a single spelling mistake. And I read them every time that they came out. I read them trying to find some sort of small mistake. And in, what, 15 or 16 years of reading his press releases, I never found one. I never found one. Um, he, was just, he was just the loveliest guy. And, you know, our hearts go out to his lovely family. It, it, it's unimaginable what they're having to go through just now. Um, yeah, terrible, terrible shock to everyone, Lise. I think the uh, the main problem I had with Wilf, um, we, we used to have a WhatsApp group when I was um, producing the radio with you guys, and there'd be a WhatsApp group that was going on, and he was part of the group. And we'd have a brilliant story, and we'd kind of run it past Wilf, and he was just too good because he wouldn't, <laughs> he wouldn't confirm or deny. He would never absolutely uh, second source anything we had unless it was ready to be um, released to the general public. It was, it was annoying how good... He was at that job. Um, George, you've had a, a very different, you've, you're from the other side of the fence, um, as it were. Well, you know, what are your memories of Wilfie going to be? Just really very much just as a gentleman. My, 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 my sole interactions with Wilf uh, as, 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 uh, on, on rallies was either flying with him, which happened a few times, spending some time in an airport with him, just chewing the fat about everything and anything, Motorsport usually, really, I suppose, in reality, and uh, and the occasional dinner or, or or lunch with them. But he was a popular guy, so you wanted to have dinner with Wilf. You were in a queue, you know. He was he was <laughs> he was just a very very popular guy, a lovely bloke. As Colin, I mean, I'm just I can only add weight to what what you've said. Um, just the consummate professional, and a very very nice even guy. Not a bad bone in his body at all, uh, and clearly loved what he did massively. He loved the travel. He's a he's a kindred spirit in that. We did talk about that on on occasion, um, and he loved just going to new places and exploring them. And uh, uh, you know, there was a few occasions that we did discuss uh, going going somewhere in particular together, but um, that never happened. Uh, but but there was always someone to go with him. <laughs> uh, just what a lovely guy, loved life, and uh, to have it stolen away from him like that so early just always seems so wrong. And uh, like Colin, you can only say, you know, we, we shouldn't feel sorry for our, our own loss, we should feel for, for his, his loss, and of course his, his family. What an unbelievable, uh, sad turn yeah. of events, really. And 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 that's pretty much what what we want to say is that uh, we love Wilf and he was a large part of everybody who worked in the service park's life. He was all the photos you'll see on social media just that bring you that warmth, that comfort that you had with Wilfie. He was he was a head teacher at times, um, but he always did it with charm and and was just uh, just the kindest nicest man his wife nick and daughters kate and annie we thank you for sharing wolfie with us and um you know all we can say is uh, he was a top banana one of his favorite phrases and um we will miss him greatly but with him 
staring over our shoulder. We've got to raise the bar, guys, now and um, step up to his standards. So um, I'm going for kind of audio press releases here today because, Colin, we've got you in Lebanon. But Luke, <laughs> you have been on the road for seven hours coming back from Rally Keredigian. Uh, can you fill us in on what you've been up to? And uh, then you can tell us about your seven-hour journey home. <laughs> I do like how you've opened that with trying to suggest that that's a bigger trek than what Colin's done. I appreciate that. Make oh, me seem like he was a big sitting on a plane. He wasn't driving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That'll ruffle feathers. But no, <laughs> Rally Keredigian, for, for, <laughs> for those that don't necessarily know, I think this was the second ever running of... Quite an ambitious event is a fair way to call it. On the face of it, it was just a round of the British Rally Championship and a round of two European Rally. But this is an event that has an organising team that is doing things quite differently. It's for a rally that's only, I was going to say it's, it's two years old. That's not true. It did run a few years ago, but COVID sort of got in the way. But the second running was at the weekend. But for a rally that's that immature, the the infrastructure, the sort of commercial backing to it is massive. Everything's being done in the right way with, with an eye to the future, which is quite a, and I don't want this to come across like I'm sort of dissing other events in, in the Arab part of the world, but it's quite a rare thing to have an organizing team, first with the backing, but most importantly with the ambition to actually create something so different. So I just wanted to go see it for myself. And we did have some fantastic names there. Of course, Hayden Padden, who ended up winning the rally, um, I think it was his last event in Europe before the big one um, in a few weeks for him in New Zealand. So it was <laughs> nice to see him. And it was his first ever Tarmac Rally win, which was quite surprising in a way. But there we are. It's always the first time for everything, isn't it? Well, uh, Luke, first of all, you know, thank you for doing that. And, and, and also thank you for, for, for being an old rally guy, really. I mean, you know, driving all through the night and, and, and then working the next day. It's very normal. Now try five <laughs> days of it. Don't stop until Friday, mate. <laughs> Yeah, that could be an issue. It's a longer weekend as well this week, which we will get into later on, of course. Um, I can't really get away with not working this weekend, <laughs> but there we are. Um, but yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? Like, I was, I don't know what I expected, um, but there was a lot of people that were doing the same thing as me. And this is maybe where I'm just a little bit too sort of naive. I thought I was being quite ballsy um, and, and going for the long drive. But it turns out there were people doing the same trick. And if anything, they were doing it longer than me. So my just under seven hours was actually quite meaningless compared to some. Um, so <laughs> chapeau to those that went even deeper into the night than me. But there is something quite nice about a journey. As you, as you say, George, it is a bit old school. Um, just anything at night with rallies, we don't get that much anymore. So even if it's not quite at a rally, if it's tied to it, it's nice, I think. It's I have to nice. say, if David Evans was here, he'd be telling stories now about how he and his dad were blah, 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 which we would all very much enjoy. But I refer everyone else to the 100 previous Spin the Rally pods where David Evans will tell us about how brilliant it was and how much we miss out on that. But I'm glad you, you got a taste of that. And um, as a, as a round of the championship, it, um, it clearly sounds like it ticks all the boxes, Luke. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, obviously, I'm not a competitor, so I don't want to speak too much on, on their behalf. But from, from what I can gather, the stages, obviously that, that part of the world, sort of mid-Wales, it was based in Aberystwyth. So that is, is like gravel rallying heaven isn't it really that we'll yeah. be, I don't, you don't need me to list all the famous stages that are in that part of the world so I think it was Hayden Padden that, that said it. it was quite strange coming back there but rallying on tarmac because it's, it's just not what we're used to but the quality of the roads are brilliant like they're, they're not 
they're not sort of famous in stage rallying terms yet, but the amount of Welsh road rallies that have happened there are unbelievable. So they're basically, if you haven't seen any pictures, or I'm sure there'll be onboards from various competitors going up as well. It's it's basically a mix of everything. Um, it's kind of like Corsica without the the big mountain drops, if you know what I mean. Like there's very moody like stages, very narrow, very jumpy, very technical. There's a bit of everything, and there was there was plenty um that didn't make it through, and plenty of esteemed competitors didn't make it through as well. So not an easy one either, which is always a good thing. I think it's nice to see drivers challenged to their limits. I think. Hmm. There you go. Well, they are gorgeous stages, without a doubt. I prefer the forest stages in there. Um, I don't think I've ever done all the asphalt stages in, in the middle of Wales yet. Uh, I say yet. I'm, I'm always hopeful. But, Have you um... got like a panini sticker, George, where you kind of collect a stage and then you stick it in the album? No, no. I, I, and, and I don't even collect the names of stages. I only sort of know the stages because people keep talking about it. I just have to look at a map and say, oh, yeah, that's such and such a stage. I remember that. It's got whatever it is in the middle of it, et cetera, et cetera. Nasty kicking hairpin over a crest near the finish. Uh, but the even, even well, the names you, you, you eventually get. But um, I never concentrated on them. I just concentrated on the, the 3D image of the stage. How's your knowledge <laughs> of, of stages in Lebanon? Zero. Zero, actually. <laughs> but um, so many stories from so many people. Uh, the, the the lasting image, and I have seen I've seen the video of uh, of I think uh, um, you know during during the 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 various various times in Lebanon, the rally literally didn't stop through the seventies and eighties, even when there was a war going on. Well, they still that was going to that was going to be my my major question. Because oh, sorry. Uh, no, no, no. I'm I'm no, I'm right with you there. I'm just mm. curious because. Unfortunately, Lebanon is one of those places that throughout my childhood and, and latter years and, and recent years is tied to, to terrible conflicts yeah. and, and bombings. And, uh -huh. and the thought of rallies going on seems just surreal. Well, there, there was uh, literally, uh, I've, I've seen it, where you've got, um, you've got Israeli tanks literally on one side of the road and you've got Syrian tanks on the other side of the road. And they're all watching a rally. They are actually <laughs> at war in a moment of peace. Bizarre. They all come out to watch the rally. So uh, that was that was utterly unique. Only only the Lebanon, I'm sure, could, could that exist. Less like that now, Colin. Surely. Yeah, yeah, very, very much less like that. Thank goodness. But but the thing that George talks about there is is the spirit here and and the spirit of the Lebanese people is just phenomenal. Um, you know they are they are they are sadly very very used to adversity, very used to dealing with with crisis, um, and they just pick themselves back up and they get on with it. They work out how to get on with it, and they do get on with it. I mean, right now, for example, you know, I, I arrived in late, as you rightly said, Luke, on an aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't drive to Lebanon. Uh, <laughs> uh, I arrived in late, um, and we got onto the highway. And I've been here a few times before, and all the highway lights were off, all the traffic lights were off. And, and Mansour Shebley, one of the lovely <clears throat> people who work in rallying here, who's, who's looking after me this week, he said, "Yeah, you know, because they, 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 they're in the middle right now. It's not, it's not a." Uh, uh, it's not a war that's going on, but they have a, they have an economic crisis. They have a political crisis in Lebanon right now that's been going on for three or four years. The economy is completely shot, sadly. Huh. Uh, so all the lights are off at night because there's no electricity. Oof. There is no electricity in this country. You know, there is state-provided electricity is so sporadic. 
it's not worth relying on. It's why we're having a few issues with me this morning um, because the, the Wi-Fi in this hotel pops in and it pops out all the time. But <clears throat> there is a remarkable spirit in this country. Um, and as George said, you know, the, the, the motorsport community, the rallying community here have persevered like no other through, through some terrible times, some really terrible times. And yeah, there are stories of, of, of the, the organizers commandeering tanks to keep stages open, uh, you know, of, of, of stages having to be rerouted to avoid uh, ongoing conflict. It, it is phenomenal when you look back at the, at the history of the event here, but it, it does keep going. This was the 44th running of it. Uh, and I love it. You know, they had 35 cars here. Um, it runs well, out of uh, a town called Bablos, Biblos, which is about 40 minutes, 35, 40 minutes to the north of, of downtown Beirut. It is one of the most remarkable towns I've been to. It's, um, it's an ancient Roman town, and there's a citadel, there's a harbour, and the harbour is 3,500 years old. I mean, it's just incredible, the, the history and the culture around here. So the service park was there, the stages went up into the hills and the mountains that head up. There's a range, number of ranges of mountains that head up towards the, uh, away from the coast, heading up towards the Syrian border. They go up to over two and a half, three thousand meters almost. Uh, and then you sweep down into the Becca Valley and beyond the other side of the Becca Valley, you've got Syria. Um, and that's where we rally. And it was just, it was a wonderful weekend of rallying. There were, there were some, some great stories. Nasr al you know, he tried to win this event for 20 years, 20 years. And Roger Fagali, who's the local, the local driver, um, just an absolute legend, an absolute legend in, in Lebanon. And he's won it 15 or so times. And, you know, the, the battle between Roger and Nasser has been going on for years. Nasser <laughs> did win one two or three years ago. This year, both in R5 Volkswagen Polos, exactly the same kit. And it was just, we were set up for a, a fantastic fight. And, you know, for four stages, we had a fantastic battle. There was three seconds between them. And then Roger, and I, I, I can't remember the last time he made a mistake, made a mistake, chucked his car off. Uh, and NASA cruised to victory, but it was it was a great great weekend, and um, and I, I you know I, I love the rallying. I think the scenery is incredible. The stages are incredible. Really challenging stages. Really really challenging. You know, Luke was talking about the lanes of of, of Wales, and they're twisty and they're tight, but you know, it's more or less the same tarmac. It's nice smooth tarmac. But out here, you've got seven or eight, nine, ten different types of tarmac to deal with, and. Uh, unless you know your way around, it's, it's very, very tricky indeed. Can I quickly just interject and say, Lisa gave us a brief of doing an audio press release, and Colin, that was fantastic. Yeah, that was you even, good. You, you even won up the rally that I was talking about, which was brilliant. So, <laughs> Phil Marks. <laughs> yeah, Wolfie would approve of that one, I think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, let, 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 me, let, let me tell you a story. I have to tell you, I, I, the Lebanese motorsport community is just the best they are the most and I, i'm not saying this just because i'm out here I, it is it is absolutely true you know they're the most welcoming most hospitable friendliest people on earth but sometimes they do things a little differently <laughs> i'm not going to name this competitor um I, I don't think he would care to be honest with you i really don't think he would care because he's the one <laughs> he's the one that's name is on the stewards decisions but this competitor, it started badly for him the weekend. He, he tried to misrepresent the ex expiry dates on his seatbelts. So he'd, he oh made up a fake, a fake label, a fake label. You know, so it was great. The fake label actually looked pretty good. 
Um, until you turned the seatbelt over and saw the original label on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> which, 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 which the, the FI scrutineer, who, who is uh, a lovely guy, a lovely, lovely guy, but absolutely 100% thorough, he obviously found that. So he gets, so this competitor, who will remain nameless, you can find his name in lots of places, I'm sure. <laughs> so he gets a 1,500 euro fine, 1,500 euro fine, 500 euros to be paid immediately, 1,000 suspended. And the, the judgment is fairly severe. You know, it's, it's fraudulent behavior. He's and safety. Um, so so it, exactly right, Lisa. Safety, fraudulent, all the rest. So anyway, so he, he goes into the event. He goes into the event uh, and, and he competes on day one. Day two, we're at the end of a stage and we get a phone call. Uh, has, we'll, we'll call him Jim. Let's just call him Jim so we can tell the story. His name clearly isn't Jim. Uh, has Jim come through yet? Uh, well, we haven't seen him this morning. When he does come through, can you check his co-driver? <laughs> Sorry? Can you check his co-driver? We think he's got a different co-driver. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this can't be right. This, can, this can't be right. We're at the end of the second stage. So what's happened is Jim, that's the, the pseudonym we'll give him, um, Jim has... We're not quite sure, but we think he's fallen out with his co-driver after day one. <laughs> oh, so he's got, he's got to the service park. He's got to the service park on day two. And rather than just saying, well, that's it, I've got to retire, he's like, well, we've got five stages today. We've got 100 kilometers. I'm going to drive. Says to one of the mechanics, put that overall on, put that helmet on. No one will know. Jump in the co-driver's <laughs> seat. <laughs> So, so, so the news, the news is spreading that, that someone, because his co-driver, his original co-driver was tiny. He was a little guy, a really little guy. This bloke is a hulking bloke sitting next to him in the co-driver's seat. Oh, dear. Uh, so anyway, so the stewards, the stewards send someone up to the end of the opening stage. They rush around to the end of the opening stage. And as Jim pulls in, he goes around to the co-driver's side and says, can you take your helmet off? And there's a shake of the head. Uh, no, you have to take your helmet off. Shake of the head. Get out of the car, shake of the head. Car engages first gear. Jim just dashes off. Off he goes. And he hasn't been seen since. He hasn't <laughs> been seen since. So, so, so obviously, well, he has. He's been seen on video because they had a video conference for the stewards meeting. Um, he said he didn't know the rules. He didn't understand that he couldn't switch a co-driver to a mechanic. Banned for two years. Oh. Once again, a very sternly, Sternly worded statement from the steward saying it's fraudulent, it's dangerous, it's absolutely unacceptable. And for me, I mean, I don't know, George, you've been around rallying a lot longer than I have. For me, that's a first. I have never, ever heard of that happening before. Oh, Colin, um, quite frequent. I mean, another classic on, on some of the smaller rallies. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah, it's, it's happened more than once, that, that type of thing. You know, professionally speaking, you're on a two or three is day this, event. This is why the stig is the stig. It comes yeah. from rallying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. The, the 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 bottom line is, you know, you, professional sport. Um, it's uh, more in the past when the rallies ran in a linear fashion uh, rather than in the rather more circuit sort of based existence we have now, where you might not see drivers. My drivers might not see each other for for literally days at a time. And you would come into the hotel and the rally will get strung out. You would come into the park ferme, in the park ferme, off to your hotel, come back the next morning. Uh, and then all the cars are running at one minute intervals. Uh, that would be trickier uh, to, to do a start. But through a day, I have, I have heard of co-drivers being swapped out because they're ill and then getting popped back in right. the next day. 
But uh, entire cars being substituted during an event? Yes, we've heard of that. That's been done at fairly high level. Uh, all sorts of all sorts of manner of things like that throughout. Um, probably most of them slightly transgressing uh, various rules. Well, uh, completely transgressing various rules. But I don't think anybody, at least in the professional, the the, the upper end of the sport, nobody would be compromising safety in in that. Uh, totally fraudulent style. But I do recall one of the nicest ones I heard was in about 2007 or 2008 in uh, Rally GB of Wales or whatever it's called, um, was called. Um, uh, Wales Rally GB. Wales Rally GB. Uh, a I was in it scrutineering with, with, uh, in, my, in my role with Subaru, uh, uh, there as the manufacturer representative for all the club competitors which was a lovely role I had. And uh, the uh, one of the local scrutineers coming up to me, George, you're not going to believe what I've just found. And he holds out in his hand a whole pile, uh, wrapped up in a little elastic band, of seat stickers. So totally falsified. Um, I mean, they would, have been, they would have been UK ones, I guess, but, you know, FIA sanctioned, uh, in date, uh, seat stickers, so you could re-sticker your seat. Wow! Fantastic. Wow. <laughs> Needless wow. to say, that competitor wow. was uh, was sent running. But um, yeah, so. yeah. Well, I have said it did the, the the whole thing with 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 Jim um, caused quite a kerfuffle yesterday. But if if you just don't mind indulging me a little bit, can I just talk about one or two other stories from Lebanon, guys? Yes, Would you mind? Seeing as I've come please all the way do, out here, please do call. Please do call, and we're desperate to hear them. No, no, no. It, it just, you know, as I say, I think it's worth it's worth talking about because that wasn't know, sarcasm. You know, that was George saying, "Yes, please do." Absolutely, I want the stories. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, it's 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 just such a great place. It's just, and as I say, I think you know, a lot of us in Europe can learn a lot from the Lebanese kind of attitude. You know, they they, they really do just handle adversity in the most remarkable way. It's like, well, there's no point in moaning. We just have to work out a way of getting around it. And and that's why this rally has persevered for so long um, through such difficult times. But but one of the biggest things for me this weekend, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about the Women in Motorsport initiatives clearly uh, on Dirtfish because we, we champion it with our Women in Motorsport month. Um, and for me, one of the, the, the best things this week, you know, at the start, I was, I was surprised because, you know, Attitudes need to change around the world with women in motorsport. And in the Middle East, the, the job is a little bit more harder to do, I suspect. And it's not that we don't have in the Middle East uh, women drivers. There have been women drivers in the past. But um, it was the last car on the start list. It was car number. Where is her number? I can't remember. Top of my head. Where are we? Where are we? It was car number 35. The last car on the start list. Joanna Hassoun. Joanna is 18 years old, 18 years old, her very first rally, uh, Rally of Lebanon, the most prestigious tarmac rally in the Middle East, and she finished in 15th place on her first rally, and for me, it was just such a great story, you know, she started in karting, as a lot of youngsters do out here, um, there's a very, very strong karting community, some, some really good karting tracks around, uh, she started in karting, decided that maybe she wanted to try rallying. She was in a little Renault Clio, two-litre Renault Clio, didn't make a single mistake all weekend. A lot of other drivers made mistakes, had punctures dropped off the road, and Joanna finished in, in 15th place, and it was just great to see. It was just great to see this uh, young lass doing such a great job 
out on such a demanding rally. So, yeah, really, really good to see that. And, and if that's the start of something, something special here, it'll be good to see in the future. Hey, hey. Absolutely. Yeah, that is fantastic. First, first rally, and I mean, it's quite a tough event. This is a... I mean, t- tell us about the surface, Colin. I mean, my my experience has been immense. That you know, f- following the rally, sending all my engineers across to support it, and never got there myself. But I know the surface is quite unique. Tell us. It is, George. It is totally, uh, totally unique. It, you know, you can find you can find a little bit of everything on every stage. You know, you can find as as Luke mentioned with Wales, you can find a little bit of Corsica. You can find you know occasionally you find a little bit of Spain, a little bit of. of proper new tarmac that is very very rare there's concrete there's textured concrete there's textured tarmac there's broken um almost um you know like a, a stony rocky surface in places that are proper roads but laid roads and and the issue is then obviously you know you're across these mountain roads and they're the roads that are used mainly to, to to move agricultural machinery around for people to get to work across the agricultural areas, and they get very, very worn, and the edges in particular get very ragged, and it's, it's narrow. It's really, really narrow. So the room for, the margin for error is, is very, very small. And, you know, on top of that, you've got, you've got altitude changes. You know, the, the first stage yesterday morning, we started at uh, almost sea level, almost down at the Mediterranean, and we were up to 750 metres at the end of the stage, 13, 14 hairpins in a row. I mean, that's demanding. You, on top of that, you've then got the, te- the temperatures and the weather, the humidity this weekend. Apparently, it's been a little unusual. Uh, temperatures around about 30, 31 degrees. That's not too bad. You can deal with that. But 100% humidity, really, really challenging conditions. You've got to be able to understand how to look after yourself, how to look after your car, how to read the roads. Uh, and for 18-year-old Joanna to come along, on her first ever event and complete every single kilometer without really any incidents and finish in the top 15. Wow. Yeah, really, really, really great stuff. And you know what? I'd, I'd recommend anyone, if you get the chance to come out here, if you're a competitor and you want something different and you want to challenge yourself, well, there's no better tarmac rally to challenge yourself on. And if you're a spectator and you want to do something a little bit different, get yourself out here. It's not, it's not the, the Beirut. It's not the Lebanon of 20, 25 years ago. It is, the, uh, it is a safe place. It's a welcoming place. And it's a great place to watch rallying. And it's obviously a great place if George was out there for you two to go and find a nice little place for lunch. Oh, oh, Lisa, there are some... Oh, my goodness. So, well, oh, last night... Oh, That inspired him. So, oh, my words, last night. So, you know, as I say, I, I mentioned him earlier on, the wonderful... Um, Mansour Shebley he run, runs uh, MMS Racing out here. They're, they're a media company. Uh, really super guy, passionate, passionate about his motorsport. Also a very, very decent driver. Uh, his son Charbel, he was doing his second ever rally, um, and uh, Charbel had all sorts of problems over the weekend with his little Suzuki Swift, but managed to again finish the rally, and he actually won the junior Lebanese title. So we went out for a little celebration last night. Now. This restaurant, it is spectacular, the scenery here. You've got the little coastal strip where you've got Beirut City. And then the suburbs head up this, this incredible mountain range. The restaurant was at 1,100 metres last night, just looking down across towards the Mediterranean. You couldn't really see much because, as I said earlier, all the lights are off, sadly. Not all of them. There are still some lights. 
Uh, but Georgie, you'd have absolutely loved it. It was just Metsy after Metsy after Metsy. It was a smorgasbord of Lebanese delights. It was absolutely oh, out of this world. <laughs> uh, out of Colin, this world. You're just making me jealous. Stop it now. <laughs> well, next year, George. Next year, you're coming with me. We're coming together. Well, you do get to um, compare hummus, I suppose, if you're heading off to Greece. Nice segue into the Acropolis rally there, I think. Um, which we have got coming up very, very soon. In fact, I think it's a quick turnaround and let's get ready for the rocky roads in Greece. And how it's going to be absolutely stunning. And the the championship is becoming absolutely, for me, absolutely supercharged with possibilities and, and tantalising uh, unlikelihoods. Um, you know, is is, uh, is is your unlikelihood um, Calais Rovenpera winning while he's still twenty one? Well, that's that's the biggest one, but the but the next biggest one, which is just sitting there, you know, a hair's breadth behind it, is is Tanak on some form of unlikely charge to challenge him for that? Ah, good seems, point. Seems terribly unlikely. Um, it, just in broad terms, it, obviously, um, young Cali would have to. Uh, um, disappoint himself royally which is not what he is prone to do at all but you know these uh, cars can let you down uh, circumstances can let you down and i'd hate to see it but my god it would keep the championship alight um and these hyundai's uh, now a couple of really great events with uh, in, in in intrinsic reliability there which was one of the achilles heels earlier in the season still little niggles but we we know those guys in that team will be, well, a they've done a sterling job to get themselves back into the fray, back into the frame, back to the the place where they professionally want to see themselves. Well done to them for that. Now we go to Greece, uh, the, the single biggest uh, tough test after Kenya. Um, wow, it it's it's going to give us a well, it's going to be a great weekend sport. Without a doubt, Colin, what do you think? You were there last year. I wasn't. Yeah, oh, George, last last year. I mean, last year was a remarkable performance from Robin Perra, wasn't it? It was his first time in Greece, uh, you know, and he just mastered it. He particularly mastered the difficult conditions when we went up into the mountains and it got very wet and very muddy. And the final day was a masterclass from Robin Perra. I remember thinking in the morning he was very close, if you remember, to Oitanak, uh, and the rain was coming down. It was getting muddy again. And I can't remember the exact tyre choices, but what I do remember is Tanak had gone out with tyres that seemed, on the face of it, to be better suited to the conditions. I think he had two softs, whereas, um, I can't remember, but certainly Rovenpera had more hards than Tanak had. Uh, but, you know, Rovenpera was never troubled. He was never troubled on that final day, and he took a remarkable victory. The only thing that disappointed me about the rally last year was the fact that we had maybe, in my view, in my view, not enough of those typical, hard, car-breaking Acropolis stages that we get around the Peloponnese, around the uh, Lutraki area. We had one day of that, didn't we? But, and that was enough to take care of Thierry Nouvelle's car and one or two other cars. Um, but we didn't, you know, we, we went straight from there, four or five stages, and then we went up into the mountains. Uh, you know, I mean, that, that's the way the organisers do it. I, I, Fair enough. Those are great yeah. stages. Some of those up there, but but for me, they're not. They're not. They're not typically 
uh, Acropolis well, stadium. You see, you is see that, that reasonable, com- reasonable. It, it's it's a reasonable uh, perception, but but let me let me tell you, those forest stages have been part of Acropolis Rally for for yeah. you know probably thirty, forty, maybe fifty years. Um, the the real car breakers, as you say, are on the when you come down the mountains a little bit. I mean, the, those mountains that Colin talks of, you're you're up in the tree line. You're in. You I mean you could be you could be in a Scottish forest. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely <coughs> classic uh, fir trees. You know, it, it's um, utterly utterly <coughs> classic. Quite high up. You, the, there are ski resorts nearby. Believe it or not, uh, I'm not quite sure the last time they they worked, but uh, Parnassos, Parnassos, and there's there's yeah. other ones further away. Yeah. Uh, out on the roughest part of the rally used to be from um, out towards a place called Carpenisi. I think it was at Carpenisi? No. No, gosh, I can't remember the name of the ski resort. I'd have to look it up on the map, Colin. But when you went up to a little bit further north and then you went out to the west towards the coast and you you went along. It was the the very famous stage called um, Tarzan. Um, now that's been used relatively recently, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but a, a good few years ago it's now. Being used this year, George. Tarzan's being used this year. My God, okay, that was yeah. always yeah. an absolute yeah. car killer. So, don't worry about your classic uh, rough, tough uh, Acropolis stage. <laughs> if you've got Tarzan, and I'm sure the road will have been upgraded over the years. I drove a jeep through there one year, and my goodness me, it was. Um, it was every bit every bit as bad as you might imagine it to be. It was Tarzan-sized boulders being strewn all over the road. And the road and the rocks tend to come out. Yes, yeah, so um, there's no advantage to running, no disadvantage to my mind to running first on the road on those stages. But um, on those on those nice forest stages, the road will clean a little bit, but not as much as you think because the the roads tend to be. The, the the gravel was up in the mountains there. They're, they're used also for for some mining work as well as clearing, and and they were very very well prepared roads, almost with a polished surface. You've driven over them too, Colin. What was your impression last year? It's a yeah. while since I've done it, of course. Yeah. Well, 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 last year was a bit tricky, George, because you know I was up there last year in the mountains during the recce, and one of the stages, uh, the recce was cancelled in the stage because there were so many cars stuck in the mud. There was deep, deep mud because of the, the heavy rain they'd had. Yeah. Uh, and I saw some photographs from that stage, and there were, it was quite a steep incline through the forest in one section. And the ruts, the mud ruts were so, so deep, and there were three or four cars at strange angles across the road and completely blocking the road. Um, so th- you know, maybe, maybe my perception of, of, of the forest stages, certainly from last year, but, but like you, I remember back to the, certainly when I started doing rallying in the, the early 2000s, you know, the likes of the bauxite stage and those stages, they're wonderful forest stages. Beautiful, beautiful stages. But maybe stage, my perception yeah. is slightly, slightly tainted by, by the fact that last year they were so soft and they were so muddy. Uh-huh. Um, and it was just, as you say, so like Wales yeah. Rally GB. But, but, you know, I don't know what the forecast is this year. I'm hoping, I'm hoping we get a, a drier event because it's more, more Acropolis-like in the dry. But Luke's coming out I was going to say, Lukey, you're escaping well, the, the, the hold that the UK's had over us. It's a little bit of an awkward time to say that I'm actually, the plan was for me to come out to Greece, but unfortunately, oh. that is no longer <laughs> the plan. Oh, he's been binned. He's... I have, I have, oh, I know my place. He's been bumped no, from the flight. I have. What's happened but, there, Luke? Uh, Who's going instead of you? Logistics. <laughs> and to be fair, honestly, I, I, I won't say anything because I'm not sure how it, if it's being revealed or how it's being done. However, there's somebody with far more rallying pedigree than me. So oh. it's, not a bad, it's not a bad switch, put it that way. 
Um, so dirtfish.com, yeah. you will find out all at Dirtfish Rally. Follow us on our <laughs> socials. Um, that's where you will know. Here's... Here's the thing, Lisa. I am going to have to go away and work on my 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 bedroom schematic again because I'm in charge of the house, the the dirtfish house, <laughs> having booked it. Um, and room allocation was a bit of an issue, really a bit of an issue. Someone was sleeping on the sofa. Might have been you, Luke. Might not have been. <laughs> I, I'd have taken. So, I'd have taken anything. It, yeah, it would have been, been me. If we if we've got last minute changes, then you know I have to go and rework my schematic. Uh, I shall look forward to that. But I tell you what, I'm really looking forward to. George, you you were here for this one. Um, and I wasn't. I, I, was, I was actually at the rally, but I elected stupidly not to go to the stadium. The first year they ran the Olympic Stadium in 2002? The States. Now, I know they've run it twice. 2003? Yeah, yeah, it must have been. I was there. Must have been. Um, but, it, it, you know, the first year it ran, it was the most remarkable experience, according to everyone that was there. There were 80-odd thousand people yeah. in there. It was just yeah. incredible. And they're, they're rerunning it again this year. I am not a fan at all of stadium stages. Not at all. Not at all. But if you can create the right sort of atmosphere, and I'm sure the organisers will do that this week, it could again be really special. It, it could be. I, I, as you know, Colin, I, I have the same uh, pathological dislike of those opening uh, super special stages, in, uh, mostly in terms of travelling there to them, Usually, usually quite a distance, and being stuck in horrendous traffic trying to get away from it, which is well, most of my objection. Uh, but anyway, most of... No, George, I, no, George can, I, can I just interrupt there? Sorry, George. I, I'm not, I'm not a, a fan necessarily of opening super specials. They did one in the centre of Athens last year, in, in the centre, right yeah. in the centre. That was spectacular. Uh, uh, Absolutely look, if somebody's figured it out, they are brilliant. It, it, it's, mostly, it's mostly the traffic and the yeah, congestion yeah. I like to avoid. It's, it's stadiums. <laughs> It's stadiums oh. that I don't like when, when cars don't get yeah. out of second gear. I mean, that, that, that for me is not really particularly exactly. exciting. Anyway, you'd be happy to note, Colin, that the weather forecast is... Uh, a, 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 if we look at Thiva, which is kind of up there in the middle of the mountains, it's, it's a decent indicator. Yeah. Um, yeah. A, a little bit of rain today, but just a tiny wee amount of rain. Um, half, a, half a millimetre, uh, nothing to discuss. And then gorgeous for the rest of the week, getting right up to the mid-30s by Thursday, Friday. Oh. And Saturday, Sunday, a fraction cooler, but then that, that's the forecast seven days out. So honestly speaking, that's, uh, that's a, little bit, uh, a little bit optimistic to say it's getting a wee bit cooler on Sunday on a seven-day David forecast. Evans will be delighted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness he's brought his, his, his cords and his big jumpers. He's going to have to go for a cotton jumper mm. this weekend. <laughs> yes, yes. Isn't it, what, what's the bit? Cashmere is quite nice in the heat, isn't it, Lisa? I, I don't oh, know. I don't, I don't know. Know. Cashmere Me jumper. neither, I'm afraid. No. <laughs> George, how, how's and your also cashmere? You're well, I mean, the, 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 having problems with the heat anyway. <laughs> the real key, the real oh, key for the heat thing. in Greece, uh, Colin, uh, if, if David feels he's suffering, is... Go to one of the teams, find it, get them to get them to give them one of their uh, stock uh, sets of three-layer Nomex overalls, and put them into that. And, <laughs> and the co-drivers used to swear by this. Uh, you would you would you would sweat into the overalls, and they get soaked, and then as the as the 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 moisture evaporates, it cools you. Uh, but you do need to drink about right. sort of sixteen liters of water a day. So, George, so, uh, you, you mentioned a bit of rain at the beginning. Is there any? Well, will we have any dust issues? Uh, most, most likely. Because I'm, I'm just the, remembering the organisers will the, counter um, that. Will counter that with three and four minute gaps. But of course, no, I, they never run it right at the start. So you've always got a couple of stages uh, where it where it could be an issue. Yes. Yeah. 
That, that's going to be the thing, isn't it, George? Particularly on that opening morning. Okay, there's the opening super special yeah. in the centre of Athens in the Olympic Stadium. And then we move to those Lutraki stages where we've seen real issues with dust in the past. And I'm, I'm pretty certain yeah. it'll go with four minutes right from the first car. But, you know, we, we talk about Robin Perra, we talk about Tanak and Nouvelle and, and perhaps Craig Breen. We haven't talked much about him, but we're, we're desperate for Craig Breen to have a good event this time around. But, but I tell you what, George, what I'm really looking forward to this weekend is the return of Sebastian Loeb. You know, Finland was difficult for, obviously, M Sport. Ypres, really, really difficult for M Sport. You can't say Estonia was difficult as well for M Sport. Three difficult rallies. You know, we've heard grumblings from within, uh, you know, certain members of the team about potentially where the car is at now. We've got Sebastian Loeb back in the car, who seems to just be able to jump into that car and make it go quickly. For me, with his road position, um, with his experience, you know, what can he do this weekend? You know, it's going to be a real indication of where that car is at. Well, I mean, Colin, I mean, 100% yes, absolutely. First of all, I'm sure that Sebastian will be absolutely competitive pretty well straight away, um, as he has been on every other event he's done in it so far. Um, little gremlins aside. So... I'm sure the car will be competitive, but just a, a word of uh, defence for for Craig Breen. Uh, Finland and Ypres, such terrible events for M Sport. You know, we all feel terribly sorry for them. Craig Breen was competitive. You know, he was right up there, pushing at the front and getting. You know, I mean, on both stages that he, that that he, he 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 slipped on, he was either fastest or you know joint fastest or within you know half a second of the of the the, the pace on that stage. And uh, yeah, on that well, stage, George. No, that's that's. Yeah. you know, I, I'm not. I'm not. And I, and I'm I know. Not being I know. Critical I mean, Craig, I know but, we but, can. But he was. He was. He wasn't at the pace before the stages that he crashed on. It, yeah, but he wasn't far away. He was building up as Craig does, and and I'm not one to defend mm -hmm. uh, that that type of uh, approach. But that is Craig's approach. I think Craig will get there. And 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 what I'm, I suppose what I'm trying to say is, whilst uh, M Sport maybe aren't getting the results, which are at the end of the day, everything, uh, their car has proven itself to be very competitive. That you know, if if you took it to the other extreme, even with a driver like Craig, you know, who's not uh, won events, uh, led at the front consistently, you know, lived at that front, even with his relative inexperience, at, right at the very leading edge, the guy has actually taken the car there, and the car has been quick. So, no concerns about the car at all. Um, Absolutely, 100%. That, that's, that's my, my point. Opinion. And whilst the team can be miserable yeah. and upset about the results, they certainly can't be miserable and upset about their car. Um, no, no. But, but I think, I think what, what, what certain members of the team are getting miserable and upset about is that one or two of the drivers are, are, are beginning to suggest that the car is perhaps not there. That would be normal, you know, yes. when two or, two or three or four rallies ago, two or three or four mm. rallies ago, we were being told, this is the best chassis I've ever yes. driven. And then all of a sudden, you know, mistakes oh. are being made, not just by Craig, by all of the drivers oh, well, this, in the team. This... All of them are making mistakes. And then suddenly, you know, we start hearing these grumblings about the car. I think that's jolly unfair. And I think, as you've said, George, that I think, you know, Sebastian Loeb, when he gets into the car this weekend, will, will, will show us again. He, he'll, you know, fingers crossed, if he doesn't have any problems, he will win stages and he'll be right there at the end of the I, event. I believe that will be the case, Colin. Um, the... The interesting insight there for all us fans, and I say all of us fans because everybody listening and all of us here are 
first and foremost fans uh, is that the comments I've made on a couple of occasions and, and a few of our, I know, I know a few of our fans also allude to it, they're able to say harsher things than I can. Uh, uh, when we talk about car setup and how, how well the car goes and how, you know, in the morning someone can't drive a car in the afternoon, it's perfect because they've changed all the settings and actually all they've done is just a, a very few small adjustments. Is it just it's an absolute window into the way that a driver, uh, the driver psychology uh, around you know stressful situations mm. like not managing to deliver results. It's quite interesting to see that. Mm. Um, and so I've I've very much mm. you know always come down on the the side of drivers and never never crucify them. And I'm not going to crucify anyone here, but I I, I do also. You know my, my my own history as a as a team manager, as a you know as a team coordinator, as a team mechanic, is watching drivers you know um, single handedly change a car to the point that it can't possibly work, and 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 because they've got force of personality, they get to do it. Obviously, that's not the situation at Ford, but by the same token, you're now getting these mutterings of discontent that the car's not quite what they want. Well, yeah, let let's uh, let's go back here to square one. Uh, this this weekend I'll put that to bed, Colin, one way or another. Yeah. Won't it? Yeah, looking yeah. forward to it. It's always always an absolute classic, and there's there's always plenty to talk about, which is uh, which is what we enjoy, really, isn't well, it? It's, it's the be... stuff we thrive on, Lukey. Lukey, I'm so sorry you're not going to be uh, getting your um, boarding card punched. If you do that anymore, you don't really. You just wave it, don't you? But uh, exciting <laughs> things for you this weekend. Is there anything you'd like to add? I just think the return of Danny Sordo is is quite intriguing because he's kind of the for the, the forgotten man of WRC now, given how many rallies he isn't doing compared to Solberg. But I think he it's the last. I was doing a bit of research on this for something I've written that may or may not be up by the time the podcast comes out. But for his last four rallies, he's finished third overall in every single one. So yeah. if you do like a little flutter, and I'm, I'm not suggesting you do, but <laughs> a Danny Sordo third place might be quite a safe. Um, place to put your dollar uh, this week but I think it's just it's interesting to see what happens with him because I think we all know he's in the the twilight of his career but he's still performing so well so it's that constant sort of juxtaposition for him and the team now it's like do, does he bring this to an end can he keep going because I don't know I'm, I'm being maybe being a bit speculative there but it, it's it's just interesting it's great to have Danny back because we, we haven't seen enough of him this year I don't think so um yeah let's see how he goes I I, don't know, I I totally agree with you. Like, I I don't think uh, you know. I think he's performing almost as well as he's ever done because he he is in such a good place right now. And it's it's like George said earlier on. It's you know the psychology of drivers. You know, Sordo. It's not that he doesn't care. Sordo doesn't have any pressure on him anymore. You know, he's doing rallies that he enjoys. He's doing rallies that he he knows he doesn't have to go and win. He doesn't have to go and score podiums. Although, as you rightly say, he regularly does. Uh, Sordo, I think, is in just about as good a place in terms of his rallying as he has ever been. Uh, I think what we're seeing just about the best of Danny Sordo right now. He is, he is a fantastic driver, and he's a driver. The fact that he keeps getting asked back by Hyundai, and I'm pretty certain if he was on the open market, there would be others looking at him as well. The fact that he is still a man in demand um, just shows you his worth, really, doesn't it? And, and I, I love to see him. He's got, he's got a fantastic attitude. He's a great guy to have out in the stages to hear from at the end of the stages and in the service park. And I'd, I'd love to see him doing well this weekend. There's every chance he will. Yeah, I think that there's, there's got to be any one of, to, to my mind, uh, any, any one of about six drivers could win this. 
is I believe it genuinely is that open, Colin. We like we like that. You look back a few years ago and Evgeny Novikov should have won this event. You know, um, it's, it is that sort of mm-hmm. event where, where if circumstances go your way, Novikov was early on, you know, he had about a 30-second lead after two or three stages. Should never have thrown it away and he did, big time into a wall. Um, but, you know, it is one of those events where if circumstances work in your favour, you are there. You are there or thereabouts. And Sordo's got as good a chance, I think, with his road position as anyone. That's why we love this sport. You never quite know, however much you know, what's going to happen next. Um, is there anything anybody would like to add in our, any other business section? I think that's all from me. Yeah, I just want to tell George, tell George that I've dropped an awful lot of pins, saved some places with coffee shops <laughs> and Metsy places. So when he comes out with me next year, we come out a day early and we do a tour of my dropped pins and then we go and look at the stages. Oh, Colin, I am so up for that. And yes, and what I would say right at this point, I went to Kenya this year. I had you for four days in Kenya. Uh, very interesting time we had. Not enough, Not enough. No, it was. It was great. I then did the rally on my own. I had an absolute, amazingly great time. But once again, on my own. I mean, is there something these people have to actually start telling me? Is there something wrong with me here? <laughs> that that, uh, that okay, George is great, but let's let him George. go on his own here. Poor I'm, old Luke, I'm he's getting going paranoid. Solo. The, mm, yeah, what about, okay. the problem is not with you, George. The problem is with us. The problem is us, and that we leave you and that we abandon you. Yeah. I mean, what that's actually, very well said, Colin. Madness. Absolutely, yeah, that's yeah. very well madness. I spoke to three or four friends again this year and said, you know, why why weren't you there with me? And I said, oh, I could have come. Why, why, why didn't you just get on an airplane and come uh, and, and we'll sort it out when we're there um, and we'll have a great time because once again I had say? an absolute ball I'm, I'm just saying that was very well put from, from Colin George next year we'll make it our mission to have you with somebody else for Safari Rally King. I think, if that's I me think, I will not speaking, turn that down no 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 look look look, 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 look for goodness sake <laughs> Me, 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 pick me, pick me. It would appear, it would appear to else. our listeners that I, it's not me. I'm not that unpopular. Other than that, these guys are doing a, they're doing an Oscar performance of uh, picking up picking up my personality. Right. Well, everybody needs to stay in touch with what's happening this weekend. Acropolis yeah. Rally will be covered fully and thoroughly and thoughtfully on Dirtfish.com. At Dirtfish Rally is our social media tags. Please get in touch. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, what are you doing? Go on, push the button and it will be delivered to you prompt and early and you can listen to it on your commute to work or when you're doing the garden or when you're tinkering with your car because you've got a big event coming up at the weekend. Thank you for listening to this edition. And I have to say, thanks, lads, for getting up nice and early so we can record it. Fantastic. Thank you, Lisa. Thank thanks, you. Colin. Thank Safe travels home. Thank, thank, thank you for uh, driving driving for the better part of the night and then getting up nice and early in the morning. <laughs> well done, Nicky.